Hello friends, welcome back to SARS Talks, continuing with part five of that race is for you. Okay, let's get back in the race. Our visas had three months left on them before they expired, so we were allowed to work in the UK for that duration. Peter, the head of the music center, told Ken, Look here, Ken, I really like your work in the schools, and it's exceptional. I don't know what beef this guy has on you, but he told me I might lose my job employing you or even end up in prison. As much as I admire your work, Ken, it's not enough for me to put my family at risk. So go sort out your visa with a home office, with a new visa, then we can talk. He went on to say, I am going on holiday, but here is my mobile number. Call me anytime. If there's anything I can do to help, in addition, I will write you a reference letter to take to the home office. Ken went to all the other schools where he had worked and they told him the same thing. They, however, agreed to write the reference letters he needed. I went into prayer and fasting straight away. We called our pastors at LCF, Lincoln and Grace, to stand with us in prayer. They also wrote a reference letter for us. We decided to apply for the renewal of our work permits earlier than what was required because that was the only way Ken would get back to work after the half term. We had to believe God for the home office to agree to renew our visas well before they were due. I don't entirely remember, but I think the requirement was for the expiry date of the visa not to be more than a month if you were applying in person. When Ken led worship that Sunday, the presence of God took over. Nobody could have guessed what her personal challenges were at the time. This is when I realized that the outside reality does not always mirror what is going on in the inner reality of a person's life. We didn't know whether or not we would be in the country after the three months. We drove back home after the service, had dinner, and Ken and I dedicated the matter to God. Tuesday evening, Ken left for South London and slept at his brother's house in Croydon in order to beat the 6 a.m. o'clock queue at the home office. We did not have enough money to even pay for the visas and we didn't want to ask anyone. Ken rose up Wednesday morning, lined up at the home office. I was up most of the night praying after his papers were checked and in order, they asked him to go and pay at the visa window. 
For those of my listeners who are not familiar with the visa system in the UK, just because you are asked to go and pay for the visa doesn't guarantee that you are going to get the visa. This was for the paperwork and administration fee. The amount was £380 and we had only £120 on our account. Ken went outside to withdraw the money from the cash machine, praying for a miracle, asking God, Mukama, Lord, what do I do now? About then, his phone rang. It was Auntie Jane, Ken's relative who was living with his brother Paul, helping out with looking after their young children. She said, Uncle Ken, I just called to see how things are going. I'm still praying for you. Ken was compelled to tell her about the money. She said, Uncle Ken, come home. I'll give you the money. Ken was in shock. The only dilemma was that if he got onto the bus to go pick the money from Auntie Jen, he would miss his ticket slot. Auntie Jen said, Uncle Ken, get a taxi. I'll pay for it. To and fro. Ken got into a taxi. They drove to Auntie Jen and asked the guy to wait for him. Auntie Jane paid for the taxi fares to and fro, then gave Ken the visa money. As he stepped into the building, his ticket number was called out on the megaphone. He went, paid for the visas, waited a little while before he was called again to the next window. The guy said to him, Congratulations, Mr. Sabwe. You have your visa granted. I had been sitting by the phone for about two hours, praying in tongues, non-stop. That was the only way to keep fear out of my mind. When the phone rang, I jumped up, saying, help us, Lord. Ken sounded very tired when he said hello. I thought to myself, he doesn't sound good. This is not good. He started by asking me how my night was. I just interrupted asking him, do we have the visas? He said, yes. Praise God, I screamed. He said, I'll tell you the details when I get home. I said, okay, now I need to go and break my fast. After that, I just crashed on the sofa. The work permits we got were for a year and we were not required to work with only one church in London as had been the case with the previous visas. We could work with any church all across the UK. This was the first time this kind of visa had been issued. When the gentleman who started all this trouble for us found out that we had acquired new visas and LCF had written us a reference letter as our sponsor church, he wrote an intimidating letter to Pastor Lincoln citing lame reasons as to why we should not be working with LCF. Pastor Lincoln hit back, and rightfully so, discrediting all the reasons this gentleman had cited. I wish I could say that this was the end of this gentleman's harassment. It wasn't. But like David and Saul, God fought for us this battle and won it for us. We thank God. It's 18 years on and we are still standing. Ken has continued to teach music in the area and far beyond, which has always been his passion. He was nominated Music Teacher of the Year in 2014 in the Haringey Barra. All I can say 
is this is our God. For my Ugandan listeners, a borough is an equivalent of a district in Uganda. There is even a school in the Haringey borough that has plastered Ken's pictures on their perimeter wall. Every time I pass by that school and see my husband's pictures, I cannot stop to marvel at how good our God is. When I look back at my life and my call, I realized that every time we had a challenge, my first response and reaction was panic. A lot of my prayers were full of panic and fear. I thought every cloud was a storm. God in his mercy still carried me and later on met me at my point of prayer. Now I have learned that when you pray, prayer and praise pushes panic into its place and your equilibrium comes. You then become aware of the greatness of God instead of the problems. Prayer is a weapon that I have proved in my own life. No one can convince me otherwise. I thank the Holy Spirit for teaching me how to pray. I always thought that prayers should be answered straight away or as soon as yesterday, if they were not, which was more often the case. I concluded I had not heard from God. I needed to go out and find a job. I was frustrated so many times, but had nowhere to go. Trying to find a job always involved finding childcare that would be less than what I could earn, and that job wasn't anywhere for me to find. For the most part, I measured my assignment by finances. That is, if we had no financial challenges at all, we were in the perfect will of God. I had overlooked the fact that we had a roof over our head, clothes to wear, food on the table every day, health, peace, and Ken had a job. I have learned that when you are doing the will of God, there is a process which we cannot pray away, but go through that process. So my dear listeners, do not measure your assignment by finances. There is nothing wrong with finances. We all need them, but it cannot be the yardstick for our success. I have learned that when you are doing what God has told you to do, it is a spiritual thing and you must measure it by spiritual standards. Like Ken and I can attest as we experienced such with our visas, divine provision, divine guidance and divine favor and god delivered us from the soul who was chasing after us whatever god has called you to do may not have all the trappings of what you view as success but you will always see divine favor guidance deliverance and provision god gives you insight and wisdom at strategic times you cannot measure success in the kingdom of God like you do in the world. I have also learned that a spirit of intimidation will always come in to make you feel that you are doing nothing and going nowhere. Sometimes it might even come through people close to you. I clearly remember 
someone who came to visit me at my home and indicated that there was no progress at all in my life. That stung like a bee. But I was at this time more concerned about obeying God than explaining myself and the path God had paved for me to other people. We will all miss it from time to time thinking we heard from God and that is not the case. But I have learned to rest in the fact that if you miss it, God will find you. I have learned that there can be divine compensation for our human inability. My limitations are not the restrictions of God. God can shut doors because there's something called the law of time and the law of place. The Bible clearly tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 1, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. In Ecclesiastes 3 verses 11, it says, God makes all things beautiful in its time. Finally, brethren, always remember, after you have been through the process, there is the law of cosmic favor, whereby everything begins to happen or fall into place at God's timing when you are walking in his will. Be blessed and get back in the race. That race is for you. See you next time.